brokenness has a song. Chapter 2 Dead Men's Bones The Abuse It all started back in the early portion of 1987. I was five, and I was a fighter, as I said, always getting into trouble. And I got a lot of spankings as a kid. I was a handful, but I was grateful and greatly loved, and that I can say. But there was a moment once a year where I could be free and do whatever I wanted, and I couldn't wait for that. Summer vacation for us boys, ages five through 18, all nine of my cousins uh, and me would pile into one car and wave goodbye to our parents and head off to the home of Mr. Carlos, quote unquote who more than anything was happy to see us as we jumped out of the car. Such, such a good hearted man, we will say. He was 31 years old and he was a longtime friend of my mom and dad and the rest of the family. Very trustworthy. And to be honest, he could do no wrong, quote unquote. So I thought I could not have been more wrong. He was a kind-hearted man and he had money, fame and very well known in Los Angeles as well as in San Francisco. And he loved the youth so much that he, from what I was told, gave our parents a promise that every year he would open his 300 acre property up in the mountains to us free of charge to let, in his opinion, boys be boys. It was this same kindness shown to all of my cousins that for some odd reason, the favor fell to me. And the day of the trip, Carlos and my mom had a heart to heart talk and I snooped in to hear my mom say, Carl, you know that what I've been going through and experiencing this year, and it hasn't been easy. Jermaine needs this time away more than any of the boys. I want him to enjoy life. I trust you will make sure he doesn't pick fights at all. She laughs. But to be real, he needs a manly influence in his life, a good one. And right now, to give him that affirmation, I think it would be best that he go to your property. Mr. Carlos agreed. The meeting was over and out we went. For 14 days, we were there. We went fishing, swimming, tree climbing, rock skipping, and more. It was awesome. The nights were warm, the air fresh, it felt as like home. I was free. Free from stress. I let all the anger of 14 for 14 days go. Not a punch, not a swear word, no drinking or alcohol. Just free. The only punch that was thrown besides a fun match of strength to test each other and to make it a family thing, my older cousin Lucas 
19 suggested that we have a wrestling match. I won. Well, we can just say he let me win. It was a fun time. Then Judah, the third youngest, next to me, asked if anyone wants to go skin dipping. All agreed. It was late in the afternoon and the day. The sun was still hot out. And of course, it's California. And we had had just come back from a hike. And to be honest, cool water to the face does some good in California. So we came to the spot where there was a cliff and a huge rope. So off the shirts went and Judah shouts, last one down is a rotten egg. <laughs> and dives in head first. I'll never forget the excitement that little guy had about water. He was an excellent swimmer, and to this day, he holds the spot in our family of swimming the longest distance ever. Before you knew it, everyone was in and swimming around. I stayed in the shallow end of the lake along with Carlos, Jaziel, 12, and Samuel, 15, who are my cousins. As I sit there watching my family, I leaned back against Sam's chest. I felt sleepy, so he held me close as I drifted off. Sam and I were close, so much so that whenever I was in trouble, I knew he'd be there for me. And over these many years, he has. Yet, as I did fall asleep, I noticed at the corner of my eye that Mr. Carl was playing with Jaziel's feet. It was funny at first. At the time, I looked, it looked childish. Uh, now I know better. But the look he gave him, the only way to describe it in my young mind at the time was Grandpa looks at Grandma that way when he wants a kiss. I found that very weird. But I drifted off to sleep. After that, I fell asleep, and after some hours, I woke up to Sam's heartbeat. He had fallen asleep holding me in his arms. Thump, thump. I could hear the rhythm and the breathing. Hmm. I'm, I say to myself, I thought to myself, I wonder how many hearts he has. It was a funny joke among our family. It was a thing of mine back then. So funny as a kid would try to count how many thumps there were whenever I was laying against my mom's chest. Mama, you have 10 hearts, I said. I'd heard, I told her, shouting with excitement as I woke up from a nap, and then pressing my ear against her bosom again to count uh, some more, at which she told my grandmother, and both of them looked at me with laughing expressions and smiles. And how many do I have? Grandma asked. You have four, I said, holding up my little fingers. She kissed me on my forehead and laughed again. In the passing time, if there is but one moment 
if I can doubtless choose to relive an experience, it would be that moment of bonding with her. For I've learned that as age and beauty fail, what remains is true family love from which a legacy is born. So here I lay here in the dirt with my cousin Sam counting heartbeats. Jaziel and Lucas had fallen asleep next to us, three giants, and I felt so small. Sam had huge hands and big feet um, and broad chest. At 15 years old, he was already 6'1 and weighed a good 180 pounds, but it was all toned. I would go over to Aunt Mar Mariah's house, his mom, and watch him and Uncle Stephen, her husband, work out with Lucas for hours on end. His dad was tough on him, but tougher on Lucas. It was crazy. Jermaine, I hear a whisper. I turn and there's Carl. Uh, leaning over me in a bathrobe, his hair still wet from the shower. By this time, it's late in the evening, but the sky is still lit with the, e with the setting sun. Yes, I whispered back, not to wake the others, but he doesn't reply. He just holds out his hand to me and smiles. I pull away and squeeze Sam's stomach in fear at which point it wakes him. And I look up to see his big gray eyes staring back at me with concern. Nightmare? He asked. No, I answered, leaning back my head against him. What did Mr. Carlos want? He asked. I don't know, I screamed, clenching my teeth and beating my fist into his chest. Uh, when he looked at me, I whispered, I didn't feel safe. At this, I never saw 180 pounds move so quickly. Before I knew it, he had me in his arms and we were in the house. And Sam asked Carl what he came outside to tell me. What did you want? Sam asked in a demanding tone of voice. Uh, why did you wake Jermaine up? Dinner, Carl answered with a shaken voice. Dinner, really? Sam replied, staring at him with a questioning look. Yes, of course, I thought maybe the little guy was hungry or something. Um, are you hungry, Jermaine? Carl asked with a nervous look on his face uh, that to this day will always be in my mind as if he had been caught. So that was that. I looked confused. I didn't know how to respond. And so Sam answered for me and said, no, he's fine. And grabbed me and grabbed my hand, lifted me up into his arms again and carried me upstairs. I was just looking out for him. That's all, said Carl, calling after Sam. His voice seemed distant and empty, as if trying to justify himself for some reason. I love you, little bear, Sam whispered to me 
as we walked through the long hallway. You're safe with me, okay? I love you so much, he said, kissing me on the forehead. It seemed the walls were listening to what was spoken for almost each word echoed in refrain throughout the long hallway. It was so quiet and calm. I felt safe up there, away from danger. I love you more, Big Bear, I said, throwing my arms around his neck and kissing him back. More than any other cousin next to Judah, there was none I loved more deeply than as I did Sam. And though this day I cherish the time spent, rest in peace. That night was the last night for both of us, for him living and for me and my innocence. He gets me up on the counter in our bathroom and scrubs my face with Irish soap. If you use this soap, he said, you've got to talk like an Irishman, he said in an Irish tone of voice. I laugh. He laughed with me. It was awesome. He knew how to make me smile. I laughed so hard and it and in runs Judah shouting, I want some soap too. It was amazing. It was a fun time and fun memories. After all was said and done, uh, he took me down and got me dressed for bed and we all turned in for the evening. My room was small, shared only with Judah and Jazeel, and next to our room was Lucas, Sam, Timothy, uh, who's 21, and Zachariah, 19. Tim was the oldest and our driver for the trip and was responsible for all of us, even though we took care of each other. And Carl had the master suite at the far end of the house. So to paint a picture, of what everything looked like to you. As I lay there in my bed, my mind for some reason was alert as they all slept. And then as I calmed myself down and went to sleep, I hear in the distance a door open and close. Then the door of our room opens and closes. The rest I cannot remember, but what I can say without being too graphic was I felt my blanket pulled back and my body very slowly held and pressed against the bed. And I feel a hand coming lower and lower, squeezing my private parts. And then my night bottoms were pulled down, roughly. What happened to me in that moment, I will never forget if I can describe to you of forcing pain on a person. Words cannot compare.
It was horrible. Words cannot compare. I know it was Carl by his aftershave. I smelt it on him when he arrived and he greeted us at the door. When him and mom had that meeting, I smelt it on him then as well. My mind now is racing and thoughts are going through my mind. And these thoughts are this. I just wanted to make him stop. Just make it all stop. But before the thought could even escape my mind and my mouth to scream, he stops. He presses up against my back and kisses me on the lips. I love you, Jermaine, but I'll kill you if you tell anyone, he whispers. A voice so evil that it made me sick. He climbs off of me and leaves me laying there and I'm still in pain, so much that I cried myself to sleep, telling myself that it was just a dream, it was just a nightmare, and that it wasn't Carl. I would that he would never do that to me or to anyone. Early in the morning, I couldn't move my legs hardly, and my back was killing me. Everyone was up and out the house. I turned over and to my dismay, there he was sitting on my bed with that same dreadful, wretched smile that made me want to hurt him. But at this point, I had no fight left in me anymore. I gave up. He reached over and pulled the blanket back to reveal the bloody stained sheets. My night bottoms were covered in blood as well. He picks me up gently and sets me on my feet and undresses me, at which point I make my way to the showers. The house had open showers like a campground or a shelter with big steps leading down to it. So I stepped down slowly and hit the bottom. And to my horror, the water was ice cold and it chilled my little frame. It hurt so bad, I screamed and cried. And Carl came falling in along with the sheets in his hands. Are you okay, son? He asked. Right in that moment, I looked at him with such anger and disgust in my heart. How dare he call me that name, son. And in that few seconds, I had a thought of wanting him dead. But I gave it no reply and abruptly turned my back to him. I kept it cold. At least it finally numbed the pain I was in. I sank to the floor with my knees against my chest clenching my teeth and let the water pour over me. The sound of it made me want to forget what I had just heard and what I had experienced that night. As the sound of the water splashed, I zoned out. Seeing that I was angry from the corner of my eye, I see him slowly backed away from me, his hands 
holding the bloody sheets, and with speed ran out of the room, taking the symbol of his sinful act with him. And I could hear his feet dashing down the hallway. From that day on until the remainder of the vacation, we never spoke to each other again. At dinner, everyone talked to him but me. I'd lost my voice. I was so hurt I needed Sam. So bad. He was the only one who could read me or even see that I was hurting. Where was he? I didn't see him at the table, in the kitchen, or even in the living room. And the sooner I thought about it, there came a knock at the door. And in came one of my cousins. And as soon as this came to my mind, I feel a warm, huge hand touch me on the shoulder. I turned, and it was Lucas. With tears in his eyes, by this time everyone was quiet and asking what was wrong. Sam, he, he fell, Lucas started. We decided to go on a hike, and I thought he was right behind me, but he wasn't. The tears begin to flow, and he sinks into the chair next to me. My God, oh my God. My heart races, and I think of the last hug and what he told me. I was devastated. Timothy grabbed his shotgun and flashlight, and Carl followed grabbing rope and a life vest from the closet. That night they found his body at the edge of the creek. He had fallen from the trail into the rocks below, and the tide carried him away to the rest, to rest just south of the property. Our parents came to get us. The police was called, and the rescue team tore, uh, Towards the end of it all, I gave no one a hug, goodbye, or even a greeting to the other family members, even though mom grabbed me, crying and asking me if I was okay or if I wanted to talk. But to be honest, it was like I had earplugs in my ears. I couldn't hear anything she said. I was in shock in both ways. Shock because of the rape and shocked because of the death of my cousin. And I was also in pain. I just wanted to go home. That concludes chapter two. Thank you for listening. Look forward to chapter 3.